It's a great day to flex your freedom. I'm your host, Barb Allen. Today, I am double teaming it, man. I'm supposed to be triple teaming it, but you know, only the cool guests showed up. So (laughs) we have our friend and colleague and our partner, Anthony Russo, who I don't speak about enough in a serious way. I love to mock him, make fun of him, as does he love to return the favor. But Anthony is turning out to be a heart and soul of our great American syndicate. What he does behind the scenes and for us is just remarkable. And we wouldn't be halfway doing any of the stuff we're doing without his crazy head jumping in saying, hell yeah, I will drive over this cliff with you kids. And so so Anthony's here today to shine his light on us. Together, we are going to sit down and speak with Deputy Woodard, who, Deputy, you're such a good sport. You came to our event last year. You hung out. I saw you interacting with people, hanging out in the crowd and just shining up to bring your presence to it, which we appreciate so much. We appreciate you as a law enforcement officer. And I love that you're so willing to say yes when I just reached out to you and said, hey, guys, do you want to come? you want to be a part of it? I cannot tell you enough what it means to us that you said yes and that you're taking the time out of your life and your world and your schedule to be with us. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you for inviting me. From what I saw last year, I I had to be a part. And do you know that was the first time that I actually met uh, Parker <laughs> at the door. That was our first time meeting oh, face was? to face. Oh, uh, yeah. That was uh, what they call it. The bromance started. <laughs> but it was a great, wonderful event. Everybody was on the same accord. Everybody was on the same page. Everybody spoke truth because there was nothing hidden. And man, the speakers were powerful. I like the bodybuilding guy. I forgot his name, but he was. Oh, Stephen Miller. Yeah, yeah. man, it, it was just so interesting, and I think a lot of people need to to, to hear the truth to, instead of hearing a lie all the time. You know, that was that was a lot of truth, and I it, I enjoyed everything. You know, the atmosphere, the food, <laughs> the mingle, even the sheriff came out because uh, Sheriff uh, Bill Wayburn, he, we were out in the hallway. He was like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> so he knows good things when they happen, just like a lot of them. Uh, Steve and Judy. He was, and I'm sorry if I said his name wrong, but man, as soon as he got there, me and uh, uh, Parker was looking out the window talking, and he comes creeping up behind us. We almost scared the living crap out of us. Hey, what are you guys doing? I was like, hey, you know, it's just, it was just full godly fellowship and a wonderful atmosphere. I enjoyed it. I have to be a part of it this year. Yeah. That's freaking sweet, man. I love it. I love it. Because, you know, there's always the chance when we knew going into it, and I use this reference a lot, that every mom thinks their baby's cute. And sometimes people (laughs) say, that's a cute baby. And as soon as they leave, they're like, that was an ugly ass baby, right? But, um, you know, once we pulled this together, I knew it was going to be a beautiful baby. I knew everyone was going to think it was beautiful, but still hearing it afterwards is still still always... (laughs) always soothing words to a mama's ear and let me tell you giving birth to this event is no small task task yeah i know we're all still (laughs) limping from last year and we're doing it again this year so we appreciate every drop of support um right before we started recording this interview we or i asked you i said what are some things that everyday people can do to support our law enforcement to kind of make it easier for you guys out there? Because from where we sit, you all are getting hammered. <laughs> I don't understand how any of you are still showing up to do your jobs and how you're smiling when you do it. I think that takes a Herculean strength, 
even in the best of times, but I wouldn't call these the best of times just from my vantage point on the outside looking in. So what are your thoughts? What can you speak to on that anyway? And what are some things that we can all do to kind of support you on your way? Well, one thing about it is when you're in law enforcement, you, regardless of what people say, because just like I was saying earlier about don't always believe what you hear on the news, but you have to understand in law enforcement, you have people that regardless if they hate you or they can't stand you or they have their mindset about you, they're still going to need you because when stuff hits the fan, they're still, they still know your number. They still know 911, you know? So when I'm taunted or if somebody follows me around or records me, like I, like I get that a lot nowadays. I don't know if it's because of social media or TikTok, whatever, but a, a lot of people are negative when it comes to law enforcement. And the only thing I do is just smile and keep it moving and keep going because I'm not going to let them deter me for somebody else that actually needs help. You know, and if, if it were them, I would do the same thing for them. But I look beyond the negativity that people want to show and focus on the people who actually need help because I'm sworn to protect and serve. And I, both of them come hand in hand. You can't protect people without serving them. You can't serve them without protecting them. One way that we can uh, help officers out um, by doing your part is, like I said before, not being so quick to believe what you see on TV or social media or any of these social media platforms. Because you have to remember, the people who have a mindset to hate law enforcement, they want everybody else to feel the exact same way they do. They could have had a bad run-in with law enforcement because it might have been something they did wrong and they want you to be on their side. Or they could have just not like law enforcement because they get stopped all the time or whatnot. But regardless of that, you can't just believe the hype. You can't just believe everything that you see because they're not going to show you every single thing on each video. That's why you tell people a lot of times when you see all these uh, police confrontation videos, notice they never show you how things escalated from the beginning. They only show you the part to get you upset or to make you feel a, a certain way about that situation. But they never do tell you the whole story. So I just tell the public to be wise, you know, think about it, for the whole story. Don't be so quick to judge because you don't want anybody doing the same thing to you. Wouldn't it be wrong of me to say, hey, well, doggone it, uh, all people who live in this area or live in the hood, all of them are drug dealers or all of them have, you know, crimes or things like that. That would be wrong because that doesn't apply to everybody. But I see it a lot online. But does that mean that everybody that's in certain neighborhoods are the same way? Or, or you can say, well, all uh, people who are in prison that's just got fresh out, all they want to do is come out and return and do the same thing that they've been doing. You have a lot of people that change. You know, you have a lot of people who are doing well. Some of them doing much better than people who are uh, free. You know, so don't be so quick to let social media be your Google. <laughs> you know, and see it for yourself, you know, and uh, come up to officers. A lot of people, like I did the other day, one guy said, hey, man, uh, you, you, you took time to speak to me or whatever. I don't know if you remember me or whatever, but I appreciate it, man. I thought that I was all stuck up. I'm like, I don't got to be stuck up like that to be, you know, from what you've seen. I'm a human being just like you. And um, certain people start to realize that what they used to see all the time on the news is really not what it is in reality. Do bad things happen sometimes? Yeah, it does. But there's more good things and more positive things than the negative. You have a lot of great law enforcement officers out there. And this, to me, it's a really a shame that a lot of them have to be uh, looked at as a bad guy because of somebody else's mistake. But just give people a chance. Just like I'm a regular human being, I'm going to give everybody a chance regardless who you are. Hey, Deputy Woodard, I got, I got a question for you because it's it, like, like you just said, like the, the predominance of your 
uh, interactions are actually really, really positive. And I think that's the problem, like you said, with social media. People are like, people are seeing all the bad stuff and that's what's being shared on TikTok and on Instagram. But in all reality for you, uh, it, when you're when you're on the job, how many, what would you say is the negative uh, interactions where you're actually having to arrest somebody or where, where you're, you're, your life or their life is at risk out of all the different regular stops and interactions you make with the public? Because I think that's the biggest misconception. People think that every other interaction with a police officer is turns deadly or turns dangerous. And it could not be, in my opinion, and based on fact, further from the truth. But in your personal experience, how often is it that you uh, that you really have to be in those dangerous situations? Well, to be honest with you, in, in law enforcement, you're going to be in those situations all the time. But a lot of people don't know, and I, I'll say this because there's a lot of cops that I know will agree with me on this one. No matter how hard somebody struggles or cuts you out or, you know, talk about your family or seeing threats or whatever, because we get that a lot. I've gotten them before. Once you place handcuffs on them, you get everybody in control, whatever, and you're in, they're in the back of a squad car. One thing that I've always done on the way to the jail, and people might think it's weird, but I always take the time to have a person, a heart-to-heart, out-of-uniform conversation with the person in the back seat. And so we'll be having, they show it out out there in the street, <laughs> but when they get in the back of the car and you're driving on the way to the jail, they talk and they expect you to be mean to them, but then look, you're not mean to them. So you say, look, you just made a mistake. People make mistakes before. I haven't been the best person all my life, but you know what? You know, God changes people and he could do the same for you. Uh, I'm not here to make fun of you or, you know, demean you or make you feel less of a person. I'm just doing my job and, regardless of what you've been through before with other officers, I'm not that guy. And that's how conversations start sparking. So by the time we get to the jail, their whole demeanor changes. And and then I have deputies that I've worked with before. Like, so how are you still like, how are you friends with people that you arrested before? Because they end up start following me or they'll see me in the street and say, Hey man, you remember when you uh, talked to me that day or whatever? Man, I was, I was doing really bad with that. And I finally got a chance to get somewhere by myself locked up in a secure spot where I had no choice but just to go ahead and face the wrong that I was doing. And by you being there, instead of you talking negative towards me or or making fun of the mistake or saying something of a smart aleck way, you took the time to talk to me like I'm a human being. But a lot of people don't realize that is a lot of conversations go on in squad cars that people don't know about. They, they're a totally different person when you're traveling. So that's one thing that I, I, love, I love to do. I don't like the circumstance of me uh, arresting people. I don't get a thrill out of it. But one thing that I do love, even as weird as it sounds, I love having that person-to-person conversation by ourselves because you never know whose life you're changing. And so far, for me, it's worked. And it's worked for a lot of other officers, too. I'm most definitely sure. Awesome. Well, that's not what what the um, narrative is out there, is it? <laughs> no, it is not. The narrative out there is probably, oh, yeah, all police are bad. Yeah, they're going to get in there and disrespect and cuss you out and drag you into the jailhouse and beat on you and, and call you racial slurs. and that. uh, That's pitch punch. But when people actually make mistakes in life and they see the reality, just like, I don't know if y'all remember, but a few years back, I had a guy who um, was wanted for murder. He was in Dallas County, Texas, and 
everybody was looking for this guy. The United States Marshals, the, the city police, the constable's office, the sheriff's department, the almost every law enforcement agency you can think of, they were looking for this guy. And this guy reached out on Facebook and said he wants to turn himself in to me and only me. <laughs> so what I did is I didn't make a big announcement about it. I just went and told my chief, hey, well, you know, the guy that's such and such is on TV, they, they keep telling this picture around. He was like, yeah, yeah. My chief said this, let me guess, Wooders. Yeah, he want to turn himself in. I said, how did you know? <laughs> and so when we got him and uh, I put a place in the custody, placed him in the backseat of my car, people were standing out there with phones and everything like that. And they were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aren't y'all supposed to be slamming him on the ground and beating him up and doing this and doing that? And none of that happened because they're so used to seeing the negative stuff on social media and TV. But the reality is we still have a lot of respect for people because you never know when you can be down on your love. Everybody to me is treated just like family, regardless of the crime, because you got some people who've done some really nasty crimes out there. But then again, they're people that's not perfect either. You know, and neither am I. But when you show respect, you actually get respect. I came from the prison system, and so a lot, I, I learned a lot from, you know, inmates. You know, they you give them respect, you know, they will definitely return them to you. But you have a lot of people who are big-headed and think that they're just the biggest macho thing in the world and it doesn't work out right. So when people wonder, what am I doing different, I'm being a human being. I'm not being a Superman. I'm not being anybody who's just so much better than you and you're in the back seat and I'm in the front seat. I'm, I'm facing reality, two people talking having a decent conversation. And so I think that means a lot to people when you change the concept of what they're used to seeing all the time. So I, so I kind of, I have a fear about current policing and not the way that most people that watch mainstream media have the fear. My fear is that because of the lack of love and respect and, and what the view, the current viewpoint of police officers like you said, you bring the human element and it's important to realize that you have to treat criminals and, and regular civilians the exact same way. You have to treat them as human beings. My fear is with a lot of people retiring. I just met a, a police officer yesterday, a retired that retired in the last year. She's been around. She was on the force forever. And many like her that were dedicated to their jobs, just like you, dedicated to the people are not seeing the worth in it anymore. And a lot of retiring, as soon as they can get pensions or even some sooner, the people yeah. that I fear might end up becoming police officers now or the ones that do want to abuse their their uh, their power because those are the only people that, that really don't care what people think about them. And that scares me. So what would you tell people that are thinking about being police officers that are good people that are like, oh, this isn't the right profession right now because we, we, we need good cops, we need good police officers. So what do you say to that narrative? Uh, uh, you know what? I would say it starts off when they're small, uh, because this is just how how I was when 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 I was growing up. My parents they never did threaten me with law enforcement or police. Nowadays, you see people in the grocery store, you see them on calls, you see them on the street, and if it's a kid around, the first thing the parent does, oh, they go to the police. They're gonna take you and, and lock you up or beat you up or do whatever. And that's that's a stopping point right there because now that child's gonna get older and he's gonna look more into it and he's gonna have a fear of law enforcement. And I can't stand that. So I take the opportunity to go and say, look, don't scare your kid like that. And I go and I give the kid a hug or I shake their hand or whatnot and, and make sure that this is all good, give them a sticker, what I have to do. As for adults, as far as adults that want to be in law enforcement, I always tell young cadets, don't go by anybody else's experience because you haven't had your own experience yet. 
because when I came in law enforcement, I did not know that I was going to be in this position. Me as a young man, I thought, oh, okay, when I join the force, all I'm going to do is just have uh, car chases, just like Indian, uh, Indians and robbers, uh, shootouts, helicopter chases, you know, foot chases. I, I, that's how I, that was the mentality. That's what I thought it was going to be like. But I didn't know that it was going to be more of helping people that had a hard time helping themselves. And I did not know that it was going to, you know, do things like to help people on social media or food banks or, you know, helping children in shelters. You know, it's the part of the service. It's like I said at the beginning, you can't, you, both of them have run hand in hand. You can't serve people without protecting them. You can't protect them without serving them. We have the protection part down right. Of course, we're going to arrest folks that need to be jailed. We're going to uh, put our lives on the line for you, regardless of who you are. We're going to run to danger when evidence run away. But we can't forget about the service. The service is being in your community. The service is checking on people. When That's why I said the term cop stands for COP. I love saying it. I say, if you really look at it, cop stands for check on people. <laughs> you know, making sure that they're good. You know, you know, your police in the area, making sure these senior citizens, uh, you know, have somebody in their lives that still care about them. Think about it. You know how many of them sit at home all day long and their own family members don't even come to see them? And here comes a guy like me popping up at people's houses doing welfare checks just to make sure that they're still alive and they're still worth it or have a little cup of coffee or sit on the, the front porch for a while. It means a lot to them. And so I tell a lot of the newbies, I say, you got to remember, of course, we got the, you know, the law part down. We got we got the protection part down. You're trained in the academy. You're trained in this. You're trained to protect yourself and others. But you cannot forget about the service. When you get in there, you use your own experience. Don't go in there using somebody else's experience. Awesome. And I know that you only have a few more minutes. We caught you on one of your very few breaks here, and I don't want to take up the whole break here. So we'll wrap this up here. Um, let's talk about the summit again. I hope that we get you on the stage at the summit, but if not, let's uh, let's have you at least come meet and greet people and talk to people because I think it's important for people to hear what you have to say. And I'd love for people at the event to hear it come directly from you. Um, right. I think it's such a refreshing inside look at a life that we only see from the outside. I don't know what it's like to be you. I don't know what it's like to do your job. Fortunately, I don't know what it's like to be arrested either, but you know, the day is young and we'll see. <laughs> see how that goes. I remember the police officer showed up at my house one day when my two oldest were home alone. They were teenagers and my one son, my oldest, was upstairs with his headphones on playing his game. My other son went down the basement, and for some reason, he thought an intruder had come into the house. And he, like, freaked out and leaves through the basement door, runs down the road, goes to a neighbor's house, calls 911. I'm at the first meet and greet between my kids and Dave's kids ever. And my phone rings 20 minutes after I left the house, and it's a police officer who was at my house. He's like, ma'am, you know, I got a 911 call from your son. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, he said there's an intruder in your house and your other sons. I'm like, what? And I had been gone like 26 minutes or something. I'm like, what is going on? He said, ma'am, do you want me to sweep the house? I'm like, no, my God, please don't sweep my house. <laughs> but, you know, they were so nice and so professional. And they got called to my house. You know, the single mom with four boys, our dogs are here or there. And they must have thought I was just either crazy or a degenerate mom, but every single time they came, they were so kind and so supportive and so like non-judgmental. like, hey, how can we help you? This is what's happened. Like your son's at school 2 a.m. instead of four when he got back from his trip and you're supposed to be there. And we like all this all right. stuff that happened. 
but they were so kind every time they came. And I think how different that could have been if a police officer rolled up to my house and just like barged in and swept and like freaked everybody. Like they were, I just appreciate them so much for what they did to me in what turned out to be non-emergent situations, but what could have yeah, gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the part, that's part well, of, you know, just keeping you know, the cool head instead of like, they didn't escalate a situation. They kept it from, they kept it from escalating and, you know, right. all the memories right. I have. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And those are officers that, that have been doing this for a while. And they, they basically put themselves in your shoes, just like I do when I walk into people's homes. Yeah. I always put myself in their shoes because if, what if it was me that did not have the opportunity that they had or didn't have the finances or or the marriage went south or or somebody, you know, stabbed my family member? When, how would you feel, Brian? I mean, these families are going through it. These people, you, you got people who are upset and they've done violent crimes because of anger and stuff like that. I place myself in, in their position. Well, would I be mad if that person did that to me? Would I be mad if my lady came and I found her at home with another man. Would I be mad? I mean, you have to, you have to put yourself in those people's situations. I mean, yeah. even the situations that you haven't even, you know, experienced yet. Just say, for instance, marriage. I've never been married before, soon and day home. But when I do, I, I expect to go ahead and treat people as if you know they're still human. But it doesn't make sense for me to not be married, have no marriage experience, but yet I can still go out there and talk to people like human beings and help them with their problems to prevent them from being arrested and going to jail. Something as simple as, well, you might want to stay somewhere else tonight. Or do you have uh, your, your mother? Go ahead and stay with your mother, whatever. I'm not making you, but I'm just saying it might just be best for you. You know, you know things, things like that. Instead of not putting yourself in those people's shoes and just say, oh, no, oh, it's like a soap opera. No, they're not going to do this. Now, I'll do this. I'll do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You always have to do what's best for the public and best for that person's household. Now, have there been some decisions that were hard that we've had to make that we didn't want to make? Yeah, all the time. But even with that being said, you still have to treat those people regardless of what they've done with the utmost respect and put yourself in their shoes when you put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you make better decisions. That's that's what works for me. You know, you make better decisions instead of making a decision off of, you know, just your thoughts of or, or your 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 personal feelings. You got to take your personal feelings out of certain situations because I've done some things that I would never have people to understand. My dad was a big one. Like, Why would you do something like that? Whatever. But then he starts thinking. You know what? When I was younger. I had that mindset too, so I can kind of understand. But don't do that again. You know, something like that. He puts themselves in, you know, in, in our shoes. So that's that's what makes a great law enforcement officer. When you you don't just automatically jump off the bench and just go full force with fire. Get your understanding and place yourself in some of these people's uh, shoes in their household because everybody is not living so well, just like you think they are. And everybody's not a criminal either, like the public thinks they are. <laughs> because one thing that people get mad at me all the time by saying, if we forgive people so much, like when people get arrested or people go to jail, people go to prison, when they've done their time and they've got out the system and they're back into society, why is it so hard to, to forgive them and let them go on? That's why it's so hard. That's why people keep getting in trouble because they can't find good jobs. They can't do this. They can't do that. Because people still, they say they forgive you, but do they really? You know, what if it was you and your family member? What yeah, 
Oh, there That's, we go. There we again, go. you're making it sound like it's almost yeah, fun yeah. to go. You're making it sound like it's fun to go get arrested by you, sir. So you better be a little careful about it. Dial it back a little. Talk about being a jerk. So people don't want to go find themselves in your police and car. No, and notice, <laughs> notice Barb said that she'd never been arrested, uh, but she also did not mention that she might have been in handcuffs before. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to know much about that. But That's a different, different kind of show, right? Anthony Russo. Different kind of show, only when I bust out that pantsuit. Look, <laughs> yeah. so we oh are inching God. closer to our Great American hey, Summit. It's scheduled it? for June 2nd and 3rd in Hillary Dallas Clinton at pantsuit. Gillies. We love that you guys <laughs> <laughs> rolling on. We love that you guys are both, you and Officer Parker will both be there. So I think, but let's see, we gave you both your codes. Your code, if people want to go buy a ticket under your code, it's Deputy Woodard. Very, very original. We came up with that. Um, and we're going to track and we're going to see who sells more tickets with using their code, whether it's you or Officer Parker. And we're going to do some fun stuff. So um, I don't know. We're going to crown one of you king. We're going to crown we're, one of you king at the event. We're going to get a golden. Well, since, we'll get hey, a golden since he's not on here yet, I can go ahead and say this. You won't be able to crown yeah. Parker because the man button's going to get in the way. You got to you gotta have like a... <laughs> he's going to beat me up when I... <laughs> <laughs> That's my buddy, though. That's my buddy. One, yeah, one of you will get the golden crown for selling the most. So I want to keep it interesting, and I'll talk to you both about that because I, I look this, this, this is all work. A lot of it is work, and Dave knows me, and Anthony knows me, and I like to inject fun in every bit of work that we can. And a lot of this is painful work, so I, we need to make it some fun. And so one way I think I'm going to use you two as my my fun toys here. <laughs> And you can take that oh. how you want it, but I'm gonna use you guys. And I'm gonna, yes, I, maybe whoever sells the most tickets gets to put handcuffs on. Whoa, whoa, on me. we do a perp walk, <laughs> Barb will do a perp walk, and what else? Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Showing the cuts. That's my evil like, like what are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, you know, let's just make it some fun. So we're going to see who sells the most tickets, either you or Officer Parker. And then we're going to come up with some fun stuff for whoever sells the most. Cool. And maybe the one who's who gets beat, maybe we'll put them in a dunking booth or something and they get to get dunked. Wait, De Deputy Water, who's, whose phone – you guys carried this on for like five months. Whose phone charger was it that got stolen between the two of you? Okay, so it was my phone charger. So let me tell you this okay. part, yeah. I'm going to tell you all the story, <laughs> and I'm going to make it as quick as possible. So at the event last year, you know, when me and Parker met for the first time, because we were mate waiting to meet each other, so we, we both were live at the same time. He was standing at the door of the hotel. I'm walking in, and I'm going live, trying to be just give a, a big hug, and I'm like, man, it's good to see you, blah, 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 blah. As time went on, his phone kept dying. Now, he just, I said, how much power you got? Oh, man, I can't stand this phone. We only got 5% or whatnot. And it used to be a repetitive thing. So what I would do, I went to my car and I got my dual charger. I have a charger that has, that charges up Androids and charges up the iPhone. You know, the little two plugs. So you just pick which one you want. And that was my favorite charger. It was white. And um, I used to let him borrow it. And uh, he'll borrow it. And then he'll go ahead and give it back. And then we'll go chill for the rest of the night. And then we'll get up the next day and go to some of the meetings and the speeches. But on the last day, you know, I, I got to a point where I was teasing him every other hour about, no, you need to go ahead and switch to Android or whatnot, because your phone, you need to stop buying them Apple phones at the gas station, park. <laughs> and he used to get, like, frustrated. So at the last day, he was, we, we were, he was taking a selfie with somebody. 
and his phone died like flat out blank. And I just say, ah, oh, man. And I was getting ready to go home. So I said, you know what? Let me go back to the car. I'll look, get my charger and let him borrow it. I brought him my charger. And uh, he was like, thanks, bro. You're a lifesaver. I really appreciate it. You know, gave me a little bro hug and everything. I said, all right. I- I'll see you in the morning, you know, because uh, we're going to do breakfast in the morning. Then we're going to go ahead, you know, spend time with the last day for the, you know, the last event, the last day of it. So I went home, uh, got up that morning. Uh, got in the car, got dressed. I was on the way back to the event. And halfway to the event, I called him. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I'm on the way. I'm about five or ten minutes out, man. Just be ready or whatever so we can get the breakfast right quick. And he said, uh, uh, Brian, I, I can't talk right now. I can't talk. I'm on my way back to Baltimore. I'm on the plane. And I said, hell, you was on the plane with my charger. I said, I'm on my charger. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, I'll get you your charger. I say, Parker, you don't just you don't just run off and then just take my daggum charger, man. I need my daggum charger. And he said, oh, he just laughed about it. And then he said, oh, man, I'll get it back to you. If I mail it to you, I'll mail it to you. Oh, yeah. All right, man. So a week goes by. Never hear from him. Two weeks go by. I call him. He didn't answer the phone. Okay, so I'm busy, I'm busy using like a little many wore out off-brand charges, which doesn't do no good. So one day I just called him and I left a message on the phone. He never called back. So I went live on Facebook and I put him on blast. I say, Parker, I want my cell phone charger back. If anybody's out there and y'all know Officer Parker here, tell him he needs to mail me my phone charger or not. So he calls me like a day later. Hey, man, everybody in Baltimore talking about a phone charger or whatever. He was like, he put me on blast. He said, just for that, you ain't getting this back, my boy. I said, oh, yeah. I said, okay. <laughs> That's where the fuse started. And basically, we just went back and forth, back and forth over cell phone charges. People were in Texas making fun of me, like everywhere I went, like McDonald's or whatever. They said, oh, you charging your phone on your hand? I wonder where's your charger at, Brian. I mean, I was teased everywhere. I, I was at a funeral one day. They was like, hmm, I bet you, 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 know, you, you need to charge. Huh? You need to charge. Where's your charger at? So basically, it was happening on and off. We were making fun of each other so much on and off, and I was serious about my charger that he didn't know that was real. I really got a plane ticket, and I flew to Baltimore. And I, I got in touch with one of his superiors or whatever. I'm not going to mention his name, but they, when I got to the department, they told me where he was. They pinged his, his unit, his squad unit. So on that live feed, I had on the mask and the, the wig and the – the uh, the beard and the glasses or whatever I was just just like some kind of some kind of sugar daddy that was out on the street or something like that and a lot of people think that I was staged it wasn't staged that was that was a real it was real live feed and I saw where he was parked they didn't want to be on camera so I just went on up there and disguised it and he was very nice about it and I was saying man I I just need to charge my phone and blah 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 he had no idea I was in Baltimore. And uh, he found hey man yeah you go ahead he gave me back my own phone charger thinking I was somebody else. So as I was walking off, because he was expecting me to charge my phone on the side of that building where there was a plug, I started walking the opposite way. And uh, to myself, I was like, just keep on walking, Brian. You don't even have to tell just keep on walking. So after about 10 seconds, about five or six seconds of me walking the wrong direction, he gets out of the car. He was like, hey. And that's when I just started running it. And I couldn't run that fast because I was laughing so hard. But he took off after me like he was getting ready to so grab man, and I was like, hey, 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 it's me, man, it was me. And so he looked at me, he was like, Brian, he's like, what? I mean, it, it tripped him out. He was like, what in the world? And, and that, that was a story. But how I got the glasses, I got them back because back when we did a little bro hug, he had the glasses hanging on his uh, uniform by his body camera. 
And like I said, I used to work in prison. I used to work for the prison, so I know how to pickpocket and stuff like that. So I took it real quick and gave him a hug, whatever. He had no clue. And so we just ended up just start making spoofs about the 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 glasses and things like that afterwards because I really did take them. But then you just say, you know, we just go ahead and make this a thing. You know, you know, you did something to me. I did something to you. This is call it truth. So I said, nope, I'm going to make you go through everything you made me go through. <laughs> so, so it was a pretty fun thing. But it started at y'all's well, event. Well, That's where it started. The, whoever, said, whoever does the most, whoever gets the See, most people to come with their code is getting a brand new phone charger. I'll, I'm going to buy it. I, if, if Barb doesn't, I'm going to buy it. Whoever, that'll be, that'll get the, you'll get like a special phone charger done. A Android and iPhone, we'll make sure it does both. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Okay, I love it. See, that's the kind of spirit we're going to bring. We're going to have fun with this. And I think you two are going to be a big part of it because, man, we need to make it fun. It's serious. It's important and all that, but we cannot leave the fun out. And uh, and exactly. so I think you guys are a perfect blend of that. Look, we appreciate you so much. I got to keep you on here for a second after this interview wraps up just so we can make sure we capture it all. So we'll lock it down now so that you can maybe reclaim a little bit of your break time. I don't know. We'll see. I hope we didn't cost <laughs> you your whole break. Um, you know, Anthony, he blabs a lot. He likes to just keep people. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I appreciate both of you. Uh, uh, Deputy Woodard, thank you so much for your service, Anytime. for saying yes. I am even more excited about this event now that I know that you guys are going to be with us. And I'm looking forward to having time to, to spend with you there, too. And maybe just make it a little bit silly as well as serious. Anthony, your thoughts? Yeah, I can't wait to see you guys again. I know I was busy last year, but I, I you know, I'll, I'll be emceeing it. We've got great speakers. We've got Chad Prather is one of our people, uh, Dr. McCullough, the first night opening on Thursday and like getting to see you and Parker again after a year. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that the big difference is, is successful as the first year was the big difference in the second year is we're really going to tie everything into community and how we can start to work together. Cause I don't think the world is a better place than it was a year ago. I think that we're still on this kind of slow downhill decline and we need to the only way we can improve is by events like this where we talk about business where we talk about uh the political climate we talk about freedom and patriotism and and also finding people that are creating change in their communities like you that are showing that you can be this this outwardly friendly police officer and still get the job done so i just i'm really looking forward to, to hanging out with you guys again in this event and i i can't stress enough uh, how important it is to have this kind of fellowship and community. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, can't wait. Deputy, I can't wait. If people want to catch you online and keep up with uh, you and maybe a little of your competitiveness with Officer Parker together, whatever it is, the shenanigans you got going on, where can people find you and see what Deputy Woodard is up to? Well, you go to the main page. It's called The, uh, the Everyday Life of Deputy Brian Woodard. Um, just written out of sentence, just like it sounds, the everyday life of Deputy Brian Woodard. And it shows my personal life and my law enforcement life. And I bring a lot of cheer and, um, you know, laughter to it. And so that's where you're going to see it first. Um, I also have a TikTok. It's called Deputy Brian Woodard. And uh, Instagram is Brian Woodard 911. So uh, you can join some of those platforms and see where it goes. It's mainly the Facebook because that's where they all started. And that's where I'm going to continue to put things first. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah.